What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from Off Guard, and I've got some exciting news. Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi, is officially moving to our own podcast feed. We are now dropping two shows every week. Me and Pasha go way back and talk so much hoops already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on these conversations. Every week, Pasha and myself will hit on the biggest stories happening around the league. Tap into the show twice a week on our new Off Guard feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue check mark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. And, uh... I'm just feeling really uninspired by the celebrity landscape. I feel like it's been a really rich couple of weeks, surprisingly, in the last four to five weeks. And I feel like today it's just kind of barren. Well, sometimes you got to take a break. You know, sometimes you have to step back to step forward. (laughs) I think also after last week, which was textually rich and complicated, but also just like wild, depressing, just like extremely. We're all taking a we're taking a breath. I do have some answers as to where the celebs are or aren't and where they are allowed or not allowed to be, which is a continuing point of interest to me. But the real answer to your question is like this week, all the tabloids were at BravoCon. Yeah, as was The Ringer. So if you are even mildly interested in BravoCon, check out The Ringer Reality TV podcast. There's three excellent podcasts from the morally corrupt crew about everything that happened there. I recommend it highly. I I, I didn't go. I had a great time listening, though. I felt like I was there. And... Anyway, if the energy is pointed at BravoCon or recovering from the last few weeks, you know, it's going to be a lighter affair. But let's lead into that. We can be loose. You're right. We You're can right. talk about things that are interesting. You and I didn't speak that much this weekend because I was away. And so and every time you texted me, it was like I was on a hike and my child was screaming. So <laughs> we can we can catch up. That was tough. He face planted, you know, Ooh. just little bruises Losing everywhere. No, thankfully. But he definitely had to, like, have a little Band-Aid on his head. Oh, He's okay. I meant to text you an article from the New York Times, which I forgot, and I also forgot to put on our rundown, but I just want okay. to mention it real quick. Did you read the Jacob Bernstein article about the ghostwriters of Britney Spears? I didn't. Tell me. Oh, so Jacob Bernstein, who is a talented professional unto his own right, but here on Jam Session, we are obligated to note he is Nora Ephron's son. <laughs> and made a lovely documentary about her. 
Yes, it's called Everything is Copy. I believe you can watch it on the platform known as Max because it was once an HBO show. So he did like a pretty good long-ish piece about the way The Woman in Me was written. We credited Sam Lansky last week on our podcast as the co-writer, but it turns out that he was one of three. And it sound, and apparently there was like an initial draft that Brittany, that Brittany worked on with a woman named Ada Calhoun, who is a, a nonfiction writer of in her own right. Sure. And apparently... Brittany felt that like enough of her, her own voice wasn't coming through strong enough. So then it then she worked with Sam Lansky, who was second. And then the third person to work on it was a man named Luke Dempsey, who is a ghostwriter and editor. And he worked with Lisa Marie Presley and Priscilla Presley to write Elvis by the Presleys. So, you know, we were sort of like interested in how that process went. went and I guess Jacob Bernstein was as well because he, it was like a really interesting piece basically. And it just talked about like the way that she, like Brittany like would literally like write in notebooks and that would, that I think that contributed to the first draft mm-hmm. that she wrote with Ada Calhoun. And then like, I guess Ada Calhoun, I'm extrapolating based on Jacob Bernstein's piece. Like I think made it almost like not enough of Brittany and then added right. back, I think, so then I think Sam Lansky added lines back in that were probably just taken like straight from the notebooks and then it was like shaped Which in its final see. form. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. I think we we touched on that like occasional this is just unbridled Brittany and I think that's why. So it's a pretty interesting piece. We'll send the link to Jade so you can put it in the description. That is fascinating. And it does also support, I feel like that feeling that you and I both had, which is for all of the true Brittany-ish moments in it, they're we're also not one, but several intermediaries, you know, trying yes. to channel it all together. And it was getting pieced together. That maybe explains some of the pacing as well, where Definitely. it's like, here's one really boring paragraph about my musical contributions to the world. And here are some journal entries. Another thing that's come out in the last week or so, and I believe this was in Matt Bellany's What I'm Hearing a newsletter on Sunday night was there's been a lot of speculation, including from us, but how Michelle Williams ended up being the reader. And apparently it just sort of like went through the normal channels as like a person they went out to. And you, Amanda, have been pointing out like she probably is just like, yeah, sure, I've got the time. And it seems like that's basically what happened. Like they approached her and she said yes. And it was like a totally formal process that has turned into an epic performance. Can't honestly. Yeah. Yeah, people have time and people are looking for things to do, which is maybe a segue into our next notable (laughs) thing, which is while all the reality stars were at BravoCon, many actors who, as of this recording, are still on strike because the SAG-AFTRA strike drags on despite reports that a deal was around the corner like every week for the last two weeks. And many actors who cannot promote any of their acting work have found ways to promote fashion and thus themselves, and thus, in many cases, their awards campaign. First, on (laughs) Saturday night at the LACMA Art and Film Gala, and then on Monday night at the CFDA Awards uh, in New York. And everyone was there. So many people showed up at these things. 
It's kind of like the equivalent of like in May of 2021 when everyone really felt comfortable like leaving the house again for the first time. Right. After COVID, this is sort of like celebrities finally had an event to go to where they could like be on a red carpet and there was like a large group of them. Basically, it's like, well, the Emmys didn't happen in September, but at least we have this LACMA party and everyone showed up and they they put on their best outfits. Right. And so the LACMA party is co-hosted by Leonardo DiCaprio a noted actor who will almost certainly be nominated for his performance in Killers of the Flower Moon come January, I guess, or February. February is when the Oscar nominations are announced, if they happen, who knows. And so Leo hosted, and so he gets around the, you know, this is about art and film and a museum and not about any one person's performance in a Netflix film. All right, I'm sorry, in a Paramount and Apple film. And the entire Killers of the Flower Moon cast was there as a result, which which is great. <laughs> Lily Gladstone, someone who I really hope gets an Oscar nomination, even an Oscar. I think she's wonderful. She was dressed by Gucci. Gucci was like the sponsor. So a lot of actors who are like affiliated, you know, with Gucci showed up like Jessica Chastain. But here are some other people who showed up. Kirsten Nunn's and Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons, of course, also in Killers of the Flower Moon. Greta Lee. How was Jesse Plemons in that movie? He's very good. Have you read the book Killers of the Flower Moon? You know, I've got a whole like rant in me about David Grant. And so the answer is no. <laughs> I did not read it until after I'd seen the film. And I heard it's very good. It's it's very good. I was really glad that I consumed those two pieces of of art and history in the order that I consumed them. Because I do think a lot of people who were devoted book readers are responding in the way that I'm realizing, like, any book enthusiast always responds to the adaptation of their beloved book into a film, which is, like, it's not quite how they imagined it. Mm -hmm. And in this case, it's pretty, in some ways, it's, like, completely faithful. In other ways, it is, like, a pretty radical reimagining of intent and, and, and pacing and storytelling. And some of the book readers are pretty disappointed in it. I because I went in blind, found the film version, like, incredibly powerful. And I thought the book was, like, very good <laughs> as a result. Do you know what I mean? So, again, yeah. part of it part of it is just, like, back, you know. Anyway, if you were familiar with the book, I was going to put in context for you that Jesse Plemons plays a major character in the book whose role is reduced I see. in in the film adaptation. And it's a choice that they make. He's still very good in it, but he's just not in it as much. But I'm a big fan, and as we know, I love Kirsten Dunst. Lily Gladstone. Coleman Domingo, who is also in the Oscar race for his performance in Rustin. And Um, wait, let's go back to Greta Lee, who you Oh, sure. Oh, Greta Lee. I skipped right past Greta Lee. No, you didn't. I interrupted you. So you were about to you were about to dive into Greta Lee as a champion of past lives. So I just I wanted to give you the opportunity to be the champion. I am a huge champion of past lives. I'm a huge champion of Greta Lee looking absolutely amazing on the red carpet of both the LACMA Art and Film Gala and CFDA. She was one of the people who hopped on that plane. Past Lives is an A24 film, so presumably it was released before the strike, so I don't even know if it has to apply for a waiver, but it probably has to apply for a promotional waiver. I don't really know, but... Greta Lee gives an amazing performance. I think that she has a real chance and an Oscar nomination. And I support anything that gets her in front of people and distracts from what's happening on the morning show season three. Could, is she in that? 
yo, she is really in it, and it oh. is tough, and it's bad. And mm. I blame the writers, oh, but yeah. she has not been given a lot to work with that's positive, and she's been given a lot to work with that's not positive. So, could I take us on another digression for a moment? Yeah, yeah. So, past lives. I have notes, but I cried. It's like a very, very moving movie. Yeah. I think that Past Lives and then Starstruck, which I finally finished over the weekend, the the breakup scenes in Past Lives and Starstruck are like probably my two favorite things I've watched on television this year closely. And then in third is the entirety of Beckham. But like, I, okay. I just like, actually, I, I saw I, I saw Past Lives in theater. So my favorite thing that I've watched, it's just like, I feel like, I feel like women are just starting to nail the breakup, the sensible and heartbreaking breakup. It's it's like really a shift here in the 2020s. Yes. And it's also nice that we're getting to a place where we just, it's no longer in Kelly Taylor's shadow, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. It's, yeah, you don't I mean, choose you. you just, yeah, we'll <laughs> always, like, we'll always tip the hat. We'll always know where we learned it. But, you know, people are are learning on their own. Okay, back to the, back to the LACMA I art mean, plus film. Greta Lee looked fantastic. Probably the biggest headline coming out of that was one with which there's not a photo, which is that Brad Pitt used the opportunity to be public with his girlfriend, Inez de Ramon. That's her name, right? Yes. There's not pictures of them, but I would say most stories noted that Brad Pitt was on the red carpet and declined to be photographed. And I think that's pretty funny. I think that's smart. Yeah, I guess. There's, like, how do you evade well, photos when you're at like, such a, like a photographer-saturated event? You don't walk the carpet. And you have like an advanced team. Did I tell you about the event I went to last week that Brad Pitt, quote unquote, invited us to? No. Wow. I I had a night out the other night with our my friend Lauren Sherman, <laughs> who's the fashion writer of Puck, went to Brad Pitt's cashmere launch. I couldn't tell you a lot more about what was going on, but Brad Pitt was on the invitation. And then we went. And by the time we got there, Brad Pitt had apparently already shown up and left. So he was actually there, they say, for like two seconds, but I saw no evidence of it. Wow. And I still haven't seen a photograph. So I don't know whether it's true, but I I think this is the power that Brad Pitt has. Oh my God. Incredible. So maybe he's just, maybe he has an invisibility cloak. Yeah. Or maybe he's just saying no photographs and you have to keep people away or I have to take the back entrance. It's really yeah. impressive. Well, I'm happy for them. They've been together actually like a long time. Like, are we in the two-year range? Sure. I mean, what does together mean? What? Oh, my God. Well, sure. For these people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just... What does it mean? Similarly, last night in New York, there was the CFDA Fashion Awards, which were hosted by Anne Hathaway. But I think it's because the initial host, who I'm currently blanking on, but we'll look up, pulled out at the last minute. Also, Anne Hathaway has a little indie movie coming out in December that I think she would like to be in consideration for. It's called Eileen. It's the adaptation of the Otessa Moshfeg novel. I saw it at Sundance. I thought it was quite good. I love her writing, Otessa Moshfeg. So that's exciting. Although I haven't read Eileen. It's a short story, right? I believe so, or a novella. Let's look. Eileen, anyway. That's why I haven't read it. No, it's a novel, but it's brief. I think... Knowing Otessa Moshfeg's writing but not having read Eileen is the perfect way to enter this movie because it is the screenplay is adapted by Moshfeg and her husband. And so the world and the tone is is weird in that Otessa Moshfeg way. But 
you still get the plot twists of the actual story if you haven't read the thing. So you're primed. Maybe, thanks to Anne Hathaway and the CFDA Awards, you will see Eileen and enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, I think I'll see it now. Wow, how exciting. I I do want to see it. I, lo- I love my year of rest and relaxation. Anne Hathaway always looks great on a red carpet. It's like where she really shines. So I understand why she steps in. Why she stepped in. I just can't find who it was supposed to actually be hosting it. Oh, Sarah Jessica Parker. That's who it was. Oh, okay. She can do it. I assume COVID. COVID's going back around. Yeah. I think it's just kind of where That's we're, my guess. It was at the Natural now. History Museum. I like that both of these events, one was at LACMA, one was at the American Museum of Natural History. Mm-hmm. Or they served chicken pot pie with little puff pastry whales on the top at the CFD Awards. I saw that on Eva Chen's Instagram. I was like, oh, that looks good. Do you think anyone even takes a bite of that pot pie at the CFDA Awards? Mm. Yeah, I think probably he's always like not famous, like maybe a publicist or I think an chicken assistant. pot pie is a great event food. Ooh, and I would be really messy. excited. Well, I, I mean, I guess so. Anything with pie crust or, or puff pastry is a yes. So that's pretty great. I do like seeing, I think this is like a good, like just, you know, celebrity exposure. I like seeing them, but not necessarily having to hear from them. That's one of the great, great ironies of being a celebrity watcher is that I generally prefer to see them and not hear from them. Unless it's like someone really, really amazing and charming. Jenna Lyons attended the CFDA awards, but not BravoCon. Do you have any thoughts? Yes, I do. I loved her look. She wore a black suit and white heels. She looked awesome. And I think her hair was like in a ponytail. Obviously she's very stylish. I don't always love her looks. I feel like on, on The Real Housewives, it was hit or miss, but she looked great at this event. It's speculated that she may not attend, not may not return for season two, though Andy Cohen says she will be, or he's confident she will be. I think that she feels a lot of ambivalence towards this type of fame, and I think she's probably gotten what she wanted out of it, which is like a lot of attention on her lash line, and also everyone kind of like praising her. If I were her, I would not do season two because one thing I've been feeling is about the Real Housewives of New York is sadness because like these women kind of came onto season one with like a zaniness and a personality that made them right for Bravo, but they weren't like corrupted by the machine yet. And you basically like, I guess your worth can go up, but like your value, like your monetary worth, but everything else basically only goes down. And so I feel like being on the first season, getting notoriety out of it, and then moving on is absolute best case scenario for someone like Jenna Lyons. Like, just don't get dragged into, like, the pettiness. I don't know. It's, it can't be good. Also, there's a lot of... I liked the season a lot. There's a lot of complaints that, like, the drama was boring, and so if they're going to manufacture, like, more salacious drama, why would okay. you want to be a part of that? I so, mean, Jenna, I agree. don't do it. Okay. Also, she's engaged recently. Like, she's maybe entering a new phase. I hope she doesn't come back. Okay. But you enjoyed it. You want that yes. for her. Yes, I want that for her. And I really want the other women to, like, resist being part of the Bravo machine. But I guess you don't go on The Real Housewives if you don't want to be a part of the Bravo machine. So they probably won't listen to me. Yeah. Anyway, everyone looked nice. They did. And it is just... the Everybody is ready to get back out there. It's it's very clear. And I, I sort of sympathize with them. Oh, of course. Yeah. It's their job. I mean, it, it it is their job and it's how they make money and it's how they, you know, they all worked hard on these movies to try to get awards. And I take awards, you know, seriously in a non-serious so way. So I, so I understand that, even though I also like kind of judge it. But it's really, you can just, you can feel the vacuum. Notable that fashion is really 
stepping in and it's like, you know, we've got the Met Ball in the spring and all this stuff in the fall. And that's to your point about not having to hear from the celebs and just look at them, looking at them on the red carpet. Maybe that's the future. I'm into it. Although there's still, as part of the podcast industry, we probably should want them to be on podcasts. But the other thing I was thinking about it is like, it's probably fun to be reunited with your hair person, your makeup person, your stylist. Like, I'm sure you, you can still talk to them, but like, you just right. have, you know, there's those are relationships that like become foundational to doing your job. And right. so, if and, you're using- and those are also people who are also affected by the strike, right? Yeah, because fewer totally. events means fewer. Anyway. Starting November 8th, eligible U.S. Spotify premium subscribers will have access to 15 hours of monthly listening from a catalog of more than 200,000 audiobooks alongside ad-free music and podcasts. Spotify's audiobook catalog includes many of the world's most beloved titles, as well as new releases, including over 70% of best-selling titles. This includes books from all of the big five publishers and many independent publishers and authors. I know the first book I'm firing up, Amanda... I can't wait for this Barbara Streisand uh, I was memoir. also going to say the Barbara Streisand <laughs> memoir, though apparently we have been pronouncing Streisand wrong, but she will tell us in audiobook form when we listen. I can't wait. I'm honestly like, I'm, as we've discussed a lot on Jam Session, I'm all about celebrities reading their own memoirs. And I, if you're going to do it, I will listen. So I'm, I'm really excited. Also, it's quite long. So I will need the 15 hours and I may need to uh, go to my second month, but I'm, I'm really excited. Maybe it'll be a jam session project and we'll talk about it. That sounds like a great idea. I'm, I'm in. <laughs> well, check it out on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head turning handbag, a watch that says it all, Jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts. Real people who love this stuff. With real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says authenticity guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Jennifer Lopez used the opportunity to do some photos, like, at home, standing in front of her marble wall. So that was also exciting. It's been a good week of uh, Benefer photos. There's, like, she, like, sassed back at the, like, fans and paparazzi who were, like, flirting with Ben, which was, like, very fun. And there's been a lot of Ben Affleck, like, looking tired, getting coffee photos lately. Can we, let's go back to Ben for a second and the photos. And I don't ask this, well, I I guess I do ask this in a judgmental way. It's, It's out of personal concern. How much fast food is Ben Affleck eating every week? And do I need to be concerned about his health? 
I feel like I've only seen him with coffee. Have you seen him with actual fast food? Yes. Like multiple times a week through the drive-thru. Now, I understand the drive-thru, if you're Ben Affleck, is a much easier way to get food without having to get out of your car and deal with the paparazzi. No, I was, I mean, I was just asking. Uh, Listen. For for a man of vices, I feel like we have to support ones that are probably better. you're right. For your lifestyle, you know? And so this is his chosen vice at the moment. I'm okay with it. Also, J-Lo's like, as far as I know, really healthy. So I assume that like when he's not having his fast food, he's on like a health regimen at home. So I think it's, I think it's probably okay. Okay. One thing I would like to call for the end of is all tabloids like speculating on if Jennifer Garner and Ben Affleck are fighting every time like they take pictures of them like in conversation at school drop-off or wherever, or like kid handoff or wherever they may be. They may be fighting, but they also like clearly are really committed to co-parenting and adults often don't get along with each other even if they weren't married in the first place. Also, so I just they feel just, like I'm, they might I'm be just talking. done with that. You yeah, know? exactly. And it's like, like you smile constantly when you're talking. I'm, like I'm a, sick of that one, actually. It's a real classic freeze frame in the middle of a conversation. You know, a photo can catch the most awkward moment and it often does. And then it gets yeah. taken out of context. So, And I feel like all, 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 the, all the public parties of that situation, the two Jennifers and Ben Affleck have been inc- exceedingly mature and models of how to um, co-parent when you're like three of, of like the most famous people in the world. So back off. You know, that's just one storyline I'm not interested in. So yeah, just let's move on. Find there, a new was, slant. there was an- another photo of Ben Affleck's extremely tight uh, parallel parking job mm. again, you know, and, and the tabloids put it in the, in the slant of, Ben Affleck like hits another Mercedes and it instead was like a classic New York, Boston, like bumper to bumper. You're making yeah, you use of this was space like, that I'm you making have. this work. Yeah. Right. I, I do. It was really tight though. And were I Ben Affleck, <laughs> I would take the time to find a different space or valet. You know what Let's I mean? Say valet perhaps. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I think we have the resources for that. Um, but it, he got, he got the car in there. So that's good for him. Great stuff, Ben Affleck. Um, More celebrity news and notes. Um, Channing Tatum and Zoe Kravitz are engaged. That seems happy, if that's true. I don't know. She was spotted with a ring. People seem to confirm it. I'm like, uh, that's great. Also, like, why? You know? I I don't understand why these two people need to make it legal at this juncture in their lives. She also was like, fairly recently divorced. Maybe that's she likes, what I'm saying. They're both. Yeah. She is like, ver- she was married for like seven months. A minute. Yeah. Had a big wedding in Paris. The whole big little eyes cast went, um, that looked fun. And I mean, I guess he's less recently divorced. Yeah, it's been a while for him. They've already both been married. They've had weddings. I know he had I, that long relationship with Jesse J, which I feel like goes under discussed. Oh yeah. Jesse, where is Jesse J? <laughs> Probably in England. Okay. I don't know. Just right. chilling. So, I, you know, why did these two people need to combine finances? I don't know. I don't know either. Maybe we should introduce a different kind of, like, formal union that isn't, like, doesn't have, like, the legal red tape of marriage that, like, celebrities in particular can engage in. Because it, it seems like it would be good for everyone. I think it's called being French, you know? We're also just being uh, confident in your relationship and not needing to have any legal documents it's or financial nice entanglements. To, it's nice to make a commitment. And honestly, it's nice to have a party. But sure. And I guess nice to commit your love. But it it just seems like a real hassle. 
at this point for both of them. I fully agree with you. Okay. Another topic I wasn't sure if I wanted to discuss, but I I, I felt annoyance at. Yeah. Last week, the NBA announced a partnership with Skims mm-hmm. as like yes. its un- undergarment brand of, of record. Yes. <laughs> I just felt annoyed by that. I don't know. I just can't believe it. I just hate having to acknowledge the success of any Kardashian. Yeah. I, well, I guess I understand that. Have you tried Skims? I heard they're great. I have not. You know what? I'm, you know what? I'm going to say I'm medium on them. I tried okay. it. I tried, I tried the underwear that's allegedly for everyone and it was not for my rear. And I have to say <laughs> my rear is not as impressive as other people's rears who are putting their names on skims. So I don't know. I guess they want a different fit and that's fine. I tried this fits everyone bra. It fits me, but I don't really think it was designed with breasts that have breastfed previously in mind. I, the fabrics are like fine. The nipple bra is like, really, I'm just like, this this can't be, This, this can't be it. It is true that it is really hard to find actually good underwear at a reasonable price out there. Like, like, agreed. I, I, you know, on the one hand, maybe we should be spending the most for underwear because we wear it every day and it is the closest to the parts of our bodies. But it's really hard for me to be like, yeah, I'm going to spend $30 on a pair of underwear. So I think the NBA made a deal for like the men's underwear, right? Yeah. All right. So I think the underwear itself is a reasonable price point. People seem to like the sweats and the loungewear also. Yes, they do. I haven't tried that. My allegiance is elsewhere. I don't want to give away a free sponsorship, but I am. this just reminded me (laughs) that I wanted to get in touch with our sponsorships team about my dedication to another leisure wear brand. I think it's fine, but I, they, in this case, they identified a hole in the market specifically in underwear. And I will say it support I've had some issues with, but it is really size inclusive. It is really like that's definitely true. Neutral, like quote unquote, what is nude color inclusive, you know, they're doing a lot right. It's definitely, it's definitely true. I just, I hate having to acknowledge it. I will say with the men's stuff, it's interesting. They did not lead with sides inclusivity, but they led with like elite athletes, like the three spokespeople are Neymar, incredibly mm-hmm. famous, Shay Gilgis Alexander, rising star of the NBA, and Nick Bosa, who I don't even know how to describe Nick Bosa, but he's very good. And he's like, he he kind of hits a different market than those two. So it's interesting. It's definitely a different strategy for men. It sort of feels like they're trying to fill the Calvin Klein 90s mm-hmm. definitely model and and niche. I don't know. It seems of all of their various products and businesses, it's definitely the most legit. It's I guess most- I guess Kylie's makeup is big. Yeah, it is, and the lip kits are a thing, but I still kind of find them. I, I don't know. That's world. it's not my aesthetic, nor I. But also, like we're old, so <laughs> I I hear you, but it is extremely accessible. And I mean, to me, Skims is almost like the honest company in terms of really famous person attaching themselves or, you know, giving their name and time to a product line that 
isolates like a specific market hole yeah. and like and like works, you know? So I don't know how much of it is. I don't know how much you need to talk about Kim Kardashian, except that it's in her name. Skims. Yeah. You don't have to wear it. That's all I got. What else do you have? I mean, I'm reluctant to do this, but we're doing news and notes and things that we were sort of annoyed by and didn't know if we want to talk about. The the Prince Harry, mm. I mean, his press run the last couple of weeks, which included looking incredibly uncomfortable at the Katy Perry's final uh, Las Vegas residency performance, and then clarifying that he was never invited to his dad's 75th birthday party rather than turning down his dad's 75th birthday party invitation. It's just tough. You know, it's just... <laughs> it doesn't seem like a great time in Prince Harry's life. Question. No. Mm-hmm. How much are they dreading the release of The Crown season six, which is happening on November like 15th or something like that? Probably... It's the death a, of Diana season. A bit, yeah. There's that, though. And then d- the divorce season. Although I guess that was well, in No, the divorce last was last season. season. So I think... Right. It, the death of Diana, which everyone has like bent over backwards to say, you know, we're not showing the actual crash. We're going to do it respectfully. Like we understand. So I'm sure that that will not be pleasant. But beyond that, Peter Morgan has been pretty clear that it does not go to present day and that, you know, Meghan Markle is not a character and that Harry is is in it less. And he Harry is like basically not in season five. I have to assume Peter Morgan doesn't find Meghan Markle interesting. I feel like for someone who is so enamored with the queen, mm-hmm. she, he, she probably just like doesn't get his creative mind flowing, if I had to guess. I would I would assume as well. And I think also you could feel in season five, which I rewatched recently, and I think I sort of underrated. I think it's very good, but you can feel... This show is still made from the perspective of the queen. And so there is a slight exasperation with Mm. the antics of both Charles and Diana and specifically the media stuff. So having to rehash it again with Harry and Meghan probably seems unappealing. Also, Harry and Meghan still have a deal at Netflix. So there was a piece in Variety with Peter Morgan recently that Ted Sarandos is quoted in. And he says that we just he doesn't talk about the crown with Harry that there's they just keep a wall around it but like everyone's aware sure that's really fascinating I'm really excited about the crown can't wait so why are you kidding it's coming in it's coming in two chunks how do you feel about that good I'd like to I'm all for week-to-week television so let's spread it out as much as possible I I support it I I don't want it to just be like one weekend and we're and we're moving on after all these years I saw that you and Joanna Robinson did the um, Wales episode for Prestige TV. That's what we picked for Hall of Fame. Do you agree or disagree? As Josh O'Connor's finest work, I I heartily agree. Yeah. It was, there was no discussion. We were both just like, yeah, this is like the episode that is most effective and also like, you know, typifies what the crown does really well. Great show. Great show. Wish they had more money for locations instead of CGI, but, you know, you win some, you lose some. <laughs> Did you watch Listen, this week's of Gilded Age yet? No. I'm I'm going to, but I had to it's, catch up on Morning Show. It's then, really good. And 
a lot of CGI. Look forward to your thoughts. I was re-watching The Crown for the podcast that I'm doing with Joanna on Prestige TV, and I rewatched the final episode of season five, which involves the Hong Kong handover, mm. which is 1,000% CGI. Like, Hong Kong is CGI. <laughs> the boat is CGI. Like, I was just like, guys, come on. Like, help someone out here. This is ridiculous. I think the only other episode, like, in contention is the one where Diana... Emma Corrin goes to Balmoral for the first time. Oh, and the deer? Yeah. Also CGI'd. Nevertheless, a great Tobias Menzies episode. You can you can see how I how I evaluate these. I really can. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all we've got for today. How do you feel? Do you want to give like an exit an exit interview about I how the experience good. was? I th- it was great. It was great catching up with you, Amanda. Okay. Thanks so much, Juliet. I feel that way too. <laughs> Don't forget to check out all of the Bravo news on Morally Corrupt. Check out Amanda on Prestige TV talking about The Crown with Joanna Robinson. And we'll be back next week. Thank you to our producer, Jade Whitley. Bye. 